you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. Hello, Cheyenne. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Before I get into anything crazy, I want you to tell me about um, the... What am I trying to say? That thing that the universe helped you with? Your sugar addiction? Mm. So you remember you are like... A couple episodes ago, you're like, I am so addicted to Starbucks and sugar and I need like this and this and this and I don't really know how I'm going to stop and I can't go cold turkey. A couple episodes ago, I think the entire second season, I obsessed about how sugar addicted me and was like yeah, killing we, me. But and- we got we got like <laughs> super in depth in like one episode yeah. when you, there's a difference in like acknowledging your vice and then being like, I know I need to change. I don't know yeah. how, but I know the change is coming. Right. I've put it out there in the universe. I've put it on the altar. I've surrendered. Absolutely. Yeah. So like you, we talked about your surrender moment with your sugar addiction. Yeah. And then I would like you to fill our friends in about what the universe decided to <laughs> help you with. When I was like, hey, I really need help and sugar and blah, it's bad for me. I know I shouldn't yeah. do it. And then the universe was like, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So, um, so I went and decided that actually a long time ago, I decided that I really would like to fix the gaps in my teeth. And, um, so I started a long journey. I hadn't been to the dentist in a really long time. That's untrue. I had been to the dentist and I've had dental insurance for a long time, but, um, I hadn't had my teeth. Anyway, none of this matters. Um, I had to have some stuff done before I could get my teeth gaps fixed. And finally, I got to the point where I could get the teeth gaps, meaning like Invisalign, right? And the Invisalign time came and I'm getting fitted. They they come in and I go to the dentist and they're putting them on and they're like, and you have to take them out to eat. And I was like, well, what about when I drink my coffee, meaning Starbucks addiction? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, so you can't have that anymore. I mean, you can, but when you take a drink, you have to take the teeth out. And I was like, what? And so basically the day that I got Invisalign is the last time I've had my Starbucks. And it was, and what's funny is um, I'm actually not addicted because I had no withdrawals. I had no, no nothing. The addiction was a mental addiction, not a physical addiction. Do you think it also had to do with like the reward, the chemical reward system in your body, like how everybody feels when they go to Starbucks? They're like, oh my God, I'm going to get ready. And before I go do this thing that I really don't want to do, I'm actually going to go to Starbucks first. I think it had, here's what I, here's what I think it came down to is because around the same time, of course I was doing taxes. Everybody loves taxes, right? Oh, love taxes. And I actually, (laughs) 
um, because I have a business, I have deductions. And when I do deductions, I look at bank accounts and I look at every single penny I ever spend throughout the year. And what I figured out was my Starbucks addiction was a crutch that I was using um, because it began um, the same time that my grandfather passed away. Mm. It was a slow crawl, right? Mm. It wasn't an everyday thing the same day he died. Um, but it started at the same time that my grandfather died. And what I was doing was avoiding the feelings that I wasn't able to process at the time. Um, I was rewarding myself. I was making myself feel better with the sugar. Um when I was feeling down, I was getting the Starbucks. And as time went on, I was getting more and more Starbucks and avoiding the emotions that I didn't want to process. And just um, totally natural. Right. And then um, the more Starbucks I had, the worse I felt inside um, physically, emotionally, and mentally. In fact, like it became so bad that like my body felt horrible. And every time, literally every time I drank a Starbucks, my body would go into like rejection mode. Right. And I would feel like I was going to pass out. My blood sugar was having issues. I knew I was giving myself diabetes because like I was having those kind of reactions. My stomach didn't like it, like everything. Right. And I still wouldn't stop it. And I think what I was doing is, making myself feel that way so that I could avoid the emotions that I didn't want to feel. So I was feeling the physical stuff that I, so that I didn't have time to deal with the emotion stuff. Right. And this is great introspective work on something every day that you pick up and take. And you literally think it's like a, it's a dopamine release. It's a, it's a fix. It's the same thing Mm -hmm. that like drug addicts go through to get to a normal stance. Right. So Starbucks put you at a normal level and you had a codependency Mm -hmm. that you expressed explicitly that you are addicted to Starbucks. You Mm -hmm. like at where's my Starbucks? Where's my Starbucks? And then immediately when it got taken away from you because it had to be taken away from you and you asked for it to, you're like, shit, I wasn't even addicted at all. It was, I peel the layer of my habits back and find what's underneath. Right. And that's what I've been avoiding is what's underneath my habits. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And so base and really kind of as soon as like that Starbucks was peeled away and I realized that it was about grandpa and losing him and I start processing all these emotions and just all these introspective journeys start coming forward of all these lessons I'm learning and just so much and it's just been amazing, honestly. So it's, you know, my teeth are getting fixed. Yay. Right. Invisalign. Awesome. Do you like Invisalign? Um, I love hate Invisalign. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has like any foreign object yeah. being on their body for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as like Monday when I put in a new set is not amazing. But by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's fine. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Again, it's just like trying to get used, which I know they mm-hmm. talk to you about that. They're like, hey, it's going to. It's yeah. going to take some time for him to feel, but yeah, eventually yeah. he'll feel fine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like anything, you know, I know at the end of this journey, I'm going to have, I, I've, I avoid smiling a lot because of the gaps in my teeth and I know that that's going to get better. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to whatever, that. Whatever makes you happy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted Invisalign was when I was younger and I just never did it and now I'm not. I don't really care if I have gaps in my teeth like that doesn't make me less of a person no it doesn't I do I mean I admire people with those beautiful beautiful like just 
pearly, straight, beautiful white teeth. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't think I'm less than that person because some of them are crooked and some of them are this. Yeah. I, I lost a tooth when I was younger on the left side of my face and one never grew back in in the very back. Mm-hmm. So then they like did the little scan and they're like, oh, you don't have a replacement tooth. We can put uh, like an implant in there when you're older mm-hmm. for like a minimum of $10,000. Right. <laughs> so unless like health wise I needed it, I never really like, I again, I don't think I'm less than. Yeah. But I love that you, you're like, I want Invisalign. I want to fix my, my gap. I want to fix this. And mm-hmm. then you're actually doing it and you literally helped yourself with your sugar addiction in the meantime, which is powerful because it's just kind of like a really down to earth way of talking about how like if you ask for it, you'll get it, but it's not going to release the expectation of how you think that that's going to come to you. Right. Because. Right. And thank goodness it wasn't like, okay, fine. You want to get rid of that? Here's some diabetes for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh God. What a great example. <laughs> right. Um, But when you were saying like, oh, I'm learning my lessons, I'm doing this. Um, It yeah. brings us back to the episode that we're talking about today because we're talking about um, slight overview. We're going to do Akashic Records. So excited about today's episode. Clear senses, mm-hmm. mediumship, how to access ca- Akashic Records, and um, even some pop culture trivia of where these things might have popped up in movies where they've either, um, in my interpretation and what I've read, like, I'm like, oh, they were talking about the Akashic Records there. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, Maybe we'll talk about Incubus somewhere along the way. <laughs> <laughs> that would really surprise me. <laughs> it would totally surprise me if I brought up Incubus in any episode ever. <laughs> um, but like I said, we're here to uh, pull all those pa- facts apart for you. So this is technically following up Tammy's episode. Um, the reason we wanted to pull apart Akashic, Claire Senses, and Mediumship in an info episode for her is when I met Tammy, I were I worked with her at an alternative and holistic healing fair that's hosted in Wichita, Kansas. And she had just let me know, like, yeah, I basically just like woke up, you know, like how whatever terminology you want to use, but you you can see the people that have just opened the floodgates. And we all wake up differently. We all find things out differently. And we all, you know, kind of just like open up our gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. So like some people are like, oh, shit, I see dead people. Like what's going yeah. on? It's either slow you know, burn or it's, floodgate. It's, it's a, <laughs> yeah. And she's definitely a floodgate where she was like, I see everything. I hear everything. She's like, girl, if you want to go back to the Akashic, I got you. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk to your grandpa, I got you. Mm-hmm. So her, I believe her specialty is in the Akashic. It's in the higher dimensions. It's connecting you to your spirit guides and your ancestors and all of that. But the fact that that was the first gift that came through and spoke to her, I think it's very important that we talk about the Akashic Records and from a ether standpoint and a grounded standpoint of even what pop culture decided to interpret it as to people. Mm -hmm. So what you got over there on your papers, Desiree? Well, I think, you know, when we're talking about this, probably one of the best things to do is start by telling people what is the Akashic Records? How is it defined? How is it? Like the etymology of the word Akashic in general. Yeah, exactly. I love that we start there too. Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, technically, Akashic Records is like the origin of that word comes from Akasha, which in Sanskrit is the ether or sky or atmosphere. I also saw it says that which holds all. Right. Which is kind of interesting, right? So, you know, in some of like the things that I've seen, um, people talk about how Earth is a container of information or a place that's been housed for all of the universe's information believe it or not doesn't matter right it's just something we've heard right so i think it's just kind of interesting that that's the word that's used and that um akashic records um is that anyway we'll kind of get into some of that a little bit later but um so in the in the religion of uh theosophy um and the school called anthro i'm gonna say this wrong anthrop anthropos <laughs> do you know I'm, i can't say I don't, it i don't have it oh anthroposa anth anthroposology anthropos anthroposophy that's is what it. it looks like yeah that's to what me. it is anthropos anthropos Anthroposophy. The Invisalign does not help me try to pronounce this word either. I just pronounced it for you. <laughs> Thank Move you. along. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the Akashic Records are a collection of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and all life forms, not just human. So basically all universal knowledge ever. Um, and they are believed to be um, encoded in a non-physical plane of existence known as the mental plane. And they are anecdotal accounts of but there are no scientific evidence for their existence of the Akashic records. So I'm going to back up really quick yeah. and just pull apart um, theosophy really quick. Because yeah. I know you said theosophy and then we went into Akashic. So yeah. just so nobody's pulling up their phone, Googling and going, but what they didn't theosophy? say what theosophy is. <laughs> um, so theosophy is a... So it's funny because it says it is a religion established in the United States during the late 19th century. And then at the bottom of the paragraph, it says, just so you know, they don't consider themselves a religion. So I'm not going to consider them a religion because they say they do not refer to their system as a religion. Mm -hmm. However, Helena Blavatsky. Yes. Yes. We mm -hmm. did say that right. <laughs> um is the founder, the primary founder, and it draws um, from predominantly her writings. Um, so it does say it's categorized by scholars of religion as both a new religious movement and as part of the occultist stream of Western esotericism. So, <laughs> excuse me, scrolling a little bit further, it says... Uh, Theosophy teaches that the purpose of human life is spiritual emancipation and claims that the human soul undergoes reincarnation upon bodily death according to a process of karma. It promotes values of universal brotherhood and social improvement, although it does not stipulate particular ethical codes. Very cool that all of this ancient wording, beliefs, whatever you want to call it, is tied into yet another person who wanted to consolidate all of this all of the universal truths basically um mm -hmm. i love reincarnation and karma that obviously is going to tie more into like hinduism buddhism mm -hmm. um many other things that we could do but i want to focus on karma really quick because when i actually read this 
um, the little teleprompter in my mind started playing an episode from Gaia on Galactic Messages, mm -hmm. where a um, energy being, entity, whatever you call them, from a higher density, even though we usually say fourth dimension, fifth dimension, it's density to them because they understand that everything is frequency and vibration and energy. So they were saying that even a lot of the ways that karma has been taught to us even now is that like, for instance, like if you and I are having a conversation, I said, oh shit, dude, I just threw my karma wheel aside and I went for it. Like, fuck that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to stand up for this injustice and I'm, I'm going to be the condemner. I'm going to be the judger. I'm going to do this. And you're technically, if you believe in karma, like what you put out, you get back. You realize, even though you made an error in your way and learn that lesson immediately while still doing the action, since you put that energy out into the world, now that boomerang will still have to come back to you. Not today, not tomorrow, not this life, not five lives, but it's still going to come back because that's how karma works. What they were actually saying was that the point in karma is for you to actually like learn your lesson and not do the wrong thing again. So you are actually the keeper of your own karmic wheel by, you know, choosing the right path, choosing the wrong path, the devil and the angel, the adv the devil's advocate, so to speak. And I'm going to um, make sure that I put the episode in the notes so people can like go check that clip out on your own mm -hmm. if you don't have a Gaia m membership you can just go check it on in YouTube because mm -hmm. the way that this entity was channeling the way that we view karma yeah it 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 educated me on more on karma too and not just oh shit I'm screwed I fucked up like yeah I know I get it I learned the lesson I won't do it again like I repent so to speak right um but I still think it's something that like for the individual person, like don't just take my word. I don't want to rewrite your definition of karma, whether you believe or not, right. or whether you're in charge of it. Um, I just thought it was really, really cool to pull apart, especially since we're already pulling apart theosophy. The other cool part about it is their logo. And their yeah. logo is literally a bunch of ancient symbols put together. For theosophy. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what, what, what's all on their logo yeah so i thought the i thought the logo for theosophy was really cool too so it has okay so it has at the very top of the logo it has the om symbol right so that's the um like, oh and the first sound the original sound right um um right so it's like that three with the little thing at the side and the circle at the top right uh -huh. um so the the alm sign is um the sacred spiritual sign in indic religions and it signifies the essence of the ultimate reality which is consciousness um alm is one of the most important spiritual symbols and it refers to atman which is self within and brahman which is the ultimate reality or the entirety of the universe truth divine sp supreme spirit cosmic principles knowledge um and what i think is also interesting is that um the christian word amen is actually the first sound of alm and men Right, meaning all men or the ultimate reality of all men. And so when Christians say all men in their prayer, they are all they are coming back to this first sound of alm. And a lot of times Christians don't correlate that. Um, but I think that's all that when I first heard that I was like, Oh my gosh, blew my mind. So not to interrupt you, but you just brought something really important up from a meditation that I actually 
went to. Mm -hmm. So we did a chakra meditation and each chakra has a certain Sanskrit word that you use, right? And your crown is Om. You're right, but I'm talking about literal chants that the gurus use. Not, oh yes, not okay. the, I'm not, not going to say um. Per, this per is chakra. it's gotcha. a purging one, so they're okay. I can't do them right now because I don't remember. I might right. have to. I'm still studying the video, mm-hmm. but I've noticed from studying Sanskrit and trickling into another language, like we are so ignorant on what the frequency and what our words actually do and mean and how they penetrate the energy field out into the world. Mm -hmm. Like English is such a thick language to speak. Mm -hmm. Like you can hear me like half the time, like breathing, Mm -hmm. like you, I do breath work. Like I know how to breathe. I just get really excited when I talk. Mm -hmm. But when I go and I start doing Sanskrit and I work with the natural flow of breath work in my body, Mm -hmm. that's why I would prefer to just do Sanskrit the rest of my life. I want to learn Sanskrit so bad. Yeah. Well, you just do it like slowly. Like Mm -hmm. I did it when I was doing my yoga certification and I fell in love with the language. I always love the language. Mm -hmm. But when you went to the research part, of it and like satanama mm-hmm. and like you hear the way my breath flows out it's a serpent it's mm-hmm. kundalini mm-hmm. it's the it's the power and the breath that comes out in sanskrit naturally that is through the language naturally through the language mm-hmm. instead of what i found after studying sanskrit with english is do you hear how i'm trying to get it out and my breath is like oh my gosh i'm running out of breath okay let me inhale really quick and let me get this out <laughs> but if we were literally talking in sanskrit the whole time our body the wood move with the sound that we needed to Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like when you go back to Om and all of these beautiful, beautiful Sanskrit words, I hate that people that haven't studied it mm-hmm. don't truly understand the power of mm-hmm. these phrases and mm-hmm. the oh, Amen. Mm-hmm. Like that is so powerful. It mm-hmm. opens up so many meridian pathways in your body that, I mean, I just, people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, breath work and yoga. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> obsessed with breath work. Right. To the point where like, I have to stop myself because I just want to go on a mountain. Right. And I, like, I just want to learn from a guru for six months and just sit there and be like, mm-hmm. right. you know, Aww. I don't have time for that in my life, but like it calls to me yeah. through Sanskrit. Right. So go learn some Sanskrit. It'll literally like just save your freaking life. Right. And if, you know, one of those apps ever does like learn Sanskrit through Babel or whatever, like I need that. <laughs> I seriously just say like, I would get a book and just slowly work on it like the gene keys. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Because I work on Sanskrit like I work on the gene keys, which again, thank you. I'm starting my gene key journey again. Monroe and I are doing it together. I'm so freaking excited. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's there's, uh, a spiritual smorgasbord tree branch for you. Right. Let's get back to that logo. Okay. Thanks for fetching that stick for us. Got it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So we moved down the logo and um, the next symbol, which is a kind of right underneath the ohm is a swastika. Now, hang on. Don't turn this podcast off yet. (laughs) Because. How far back do they go? 
Like we already know that the symbol has been stolen. So, right. So, okay. So the swastika, it is an ancient religious symbol and um, it's now also right, widely recognized for youths by the Nazi party. Right. So that's what makes you want to turn it off because and we're never going to get that symbol back. Mm-mm. So that's why I was like, how nope. far back does it go? And what is its original pure meaning? Exactly. Because in the Western world, it was a symbol of auspiciousness and good luck until the 1930s when the German Nazi party adopted it um, in its right-facing clockwise form, excuse me, and used it as an emblem of the Aryan race. So it's either right-facing or left-facing. And so when they adopted it, Um, As a result of World War II and the Holocaust, um, in the West, it continues to be strongly associated with Nazism, anti-Semitism, white supremacy, and it's simply evil at this point. And as a consequence, it's used... (laughs) Wow, you're looking at me funny. I'm listening. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) What are you saying right now? This is awful that they did this to this symbol, but... It is, because... We haven't pulled this apart before. And in fact... um, in some countries, including Germany, it's even prohibited by law. It well, is prohibited. If you like, if you went through somebody's basement, right, and you found yeah. a collection of Nazi relics, yeah. you give those over to the police yeah. or a museum or somebody mm-hmm. that knows what to do with that. Right. And like, if you, you don't keep it. Yeah. If you were to like go around with a swastika, even today in America, people see that they're going to be like, you asshole, what are you doing? Then that's why I'm, I right. always make it known like that symbol will never be able to be taken back to its original true state. Right. Because I get uncomfortable talking about it, mm-hmm. which is why I was like, can't wait to get the fuck past this symbol. <laughs> right. Well, it was so evil. It really mm-hmm. was so evil. It was well. But it also proves Hitler's obsession with the occultism. And if you can look at, if you can look at all of like the major players in like politics and Mm -hmm. world power and wanting the celestial higher powers, they're always trying to figure out a way to control those to get access to those. Right. So perverted. So So, yes, mm -hmm. pervert the ancient truths. Yeah. And that like him using that symbol is literal proof that he had knowledge ancient knowledge and he decided to pervert it for his own good yeah and it doesn't matter whether you left face or right face that symbol swastika swastika to the western world right because so if you go over to like nepal india um, magnolia sri lanka china japan any of those countries they still widely use it in marriage in ceremonies um, in celebrations because it's still very much good luck and a good sign to them they they don't have the association to the Hitlers and the Nazis and to the Nazis. So it's still a good symbol for them to each their own. Right. You know? Yeah. And um, but you know, again, like, what's the do you have a year on that ancient symbol? Like we already know they took it over in 1930. But like, what's the origin of the swastika? Um, I don't I don't have the it was just very ancient is all okay, I said. That's fine. Just yeah. curious. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, it was it it got perverted in 1930s, but it doesn't say like when it was originated. Very cool. Um, Okay, so we go down a little bit and around. So leading into the swastika and then around the rest of the logo is um, the Ouroboros, which is an ancient symbol depicting the serpent eating its own tail. Oh, my God. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Ouroboros. 
Love it when a plan comes together. (laughs) So my favorite band, Incubus, wrote a song called No Fun. And I wanted to play the song so bad, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to read you the part of the song where I had already done research on the snake that eats its tail. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's beautiful. It ties into karma. It ties into lessons. It Mm -hmm. ties into breaking the reincarnation that the reincarnation cycle to seek enlightenment. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it means. So yeah, in this song by Incubus called No Fun, there's a part in it where Brandon Boyd just sings so perfectly. <laughs> um, he says, don't you get it? I only want to break your spell. And then he goes, oh. And then he goes, don't you get it? You're the snake that eats his tail. In the way I'm telling you, I'll obviously drop the link down below because I want you to download the music I talk about. (laughs) But when you like hear the way that he does it, again, it feels like Sanskrit when he's delivering these messages to you. Mm -hmm. And I've always believed that like Incubus is a messenger Mm -hmm. band. They're not just like sex, drugs, rock and roll. They're like what we write about means something. It has significance. It has validity and it will last much longer than a top 10 chart. Right. Right. So when you just brought that up, I'm like, yes, they did it again. (laughs) They're doing it. I love them. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) And yes, I got to bring Incubus up in a freaking episode. So (laughs) woo. Surprise. Yay. (laughs) So yeah, as you're saying, like the Ouroboros um, is an ancient like Egyptian iconography. Um, Also, it's a Greek magical tradition and it's adopted... um, through alchemy and it's a symbol for eternal cycle of renewal or cycle of life death and rebirth so when he's eating his tail he's basically saying like i'm the end and the beginning mm-hmm. right i am the end and the beginning Where which is also it also reminds me of like a pearl jam song that i actually might misquote but mm-hmm. it's basically like uh i know i'll live and i'll know i'll die but the in-between is mine Mm. And then there's also a quote that I have on my crystal shelf where it's like, in the beginning is me, in the middle is me, and in the end is me. Mm. And it also makes me think of the snail the eating, Horus. the yeah. snake eating its tail. Yeah. It's so powerful. Maybe I should tattoo that. Mm. I love m- tattoo reminders. I've been doing it since I was like, like 18, probably. But I would have dreams and I would be like, oh, I have to get that. Oh, yeah. I have to get that. Yeah. And they're all reminders to like, this is the last chance, Shy. Right. Whatever my soul's real name is, I'll figure that out. But my parents name me Shy, so I call that. Yeah. But well, like, and on hmm. the the world card in tarot, the, is the Ouroboros, the snake eating his tail. Yeah, yeah, you're because right. Because that card indicates the end of a journey, but it also indicates the beginning of a new journey. Right. It's completion. Mm -hmm. But it's not completion in like. It's just this cycle completing. It's not all completing. Right. It's like that you're coming to the end of this. But the end of this also means the beginning of something new. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Wow. These guys are great. Yeah. So that's not the end of the logo because the logo has so many beautiful things about it. That's really cool. Yeah. So on the outside of the snake's tail um, are the words, there is no religion higher than truth, which, yeah. 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 
Yeah, I mean, like, what else am I going to say about that? Like, duh, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to explain there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then, so then on the inside, you have um, the six-pointed star, which is the two triangles, one upright, one down. And it's um, also known as, like, the Star of David, Mm -hmm. right? But could it also be interpreted as, like, all the elements plus you pointing up to the higher Right. Realm. Yeah. Um, also kind of like the Merkaba. Um, Merkaba. Right. However, However you want to say it. That's my Jimmy Jam. I love it. Yep. <laughs> um, so it dates back to the third millennium BC, um, which was ex- excavated from the burial mound um, in Nurkin Never. Hey, well, no idea what that is. Um, and the hexagram is a mandala symbol that um, shows Sakana Yantra or Sadakana Yantra found on ancient South Indian Hindu temples. And it symbolizes the Naranarayana, which is a perfect meditative state of balance achieved between man and God. Um, and so if it if it's maintained, it results in nirvana. Mm, and we're not talking about that kick-ass band. We're just right? talking about enlightenment. We're talking about the state of balance. And mm-hmm. um, or release the bounds of earthly world and its material trappings. So some, re- some researchers have theorized that the hexagram represents um, the astrological chart at the time of David's birth or anointment as king. So the hexagram is also known as the king's star or the star of David. So that's where that one comes from. So that's right inside the snake. That is a very busy logo. Is, right? Yeah, but it has so many powerful symbols. Oh, it does have so many powerful symbols, yeah. but I think it, it really does plant a seed and provoke you. Yeah. But also, if you wanted to be a part of this, I'm just going to say community because it's not a religion, right? Right. Like a bunch of like-minded people that mm-hmm. want to hang out together, a community mm-hmm. of like-minded people want to hang out together. Mm-hmm. So would you already be educated on these symbols? So when you saw theosophy, you were like, that's my place. Or would you come into knowing that there's more than what you've been taught and like you're opening and then you're like, Hey, I recognize that sign as something peaceful. Like everything in the symbol I recognize is at least good, even though I don't know like the definition of it. I just try to put myself back in that. I don't know how you would come like, across Like how do theosophy. you, yeah, how would you come across it even like I think it said 19th century. So it's just like, you're not scrolling Facebook. Right. You know, you know I have no idea because I've never heard of it before. Uh, this was my first time hearing yeah. about it. And that's why I was so <laughs> excited to share it. Yeah. I do think that my favorite episodes are when like I am also... Like, I'm like, guys, this is what I'm researching now. Right. Like, this is this is my job to research mm-hmm. this stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that I already get to go through. I'm like, oh, I'm going to share this with you today. Mm-hmm. And today I'm like, I'm learning right along with you. Yeah. And it's very, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So then the final symbol of this logo is inside the middle of the Star of David. And it is an Anak. And or also referred to as the key of life. So the Anak is a star, but at the t- or, sorry, a star, a cross. But at the stop at the top of the cross, rather than having the, the top line, it has like a teardrop shape. Oh, I've never seen that. I don't think so. Oh, so it's like I a mean, te- like I've never 
I yeah, never noticed so it that much. It's the top of it. So it's a teardrop kind of upside down. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it's like an that Egyptian it, symbol. I was going to say, I thought that it looked like one of the divination tools from all Egyptology that you see. Like they have the two, mm-hmm. two things that connect them. One's for the physical world, one's for the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. I'm glad that I looked at the picture right when you said that because I am totally educated on this symbol. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, kind of an upside down teardrop at the top and then it has like a T underneath it basically. But mm-hmm. it's a cross, essentially, um, with an opening at the top. Um, and the shape um, has a vertical upper bar. And it's um, it's not known necessarily what it really meant, but what it's hypothesized, hypothesized gosh dang it. You <laughs> got <laughs> it. Sorry, lispy. Um, is most often appeared to be representing um, either life or a substance such as air or water, and that it's referred to especially uh, common held in the hands of ancient Egyptian deities or being given to them by um, or to them uh, of the pharaohs. And it represents their power to sustain life and to revive human souls in the afterlife. So it is a a symbol of power. It's also a symbol of life um, or air and water. So um, it's called the key of life and it's usually held by pharaohs or deities. Yeah, literally the picture in my mind, like they yeah, usually have a cross hands hands. and it's in one of their hands usually. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Very yeah. cool. Um, and so that's that's the logo. Really, that's pretty it. Um, okay, so then after the logo, you brought on some TikToks for us to play today. About Akashic Records. Yes. Yes. So what do you what do you have that ties into that? Okay. So um, I'm addicted to TikTok. That's, I don't know if that's surprising to anyone or not. but I, I think know. there's a lot of good information. I think you just have to use the search bar instead of it's, scrolling immediately. Well, it's the For You page is called For You because it's what you listen to, right? It's I, what you watch. I and my For You page is full of information about spirituality and all kinds of fun stuff. And um, one person that uh, is always on my For You page is JK Ultra. So um, I would encourage everybody, if you if she's not on your page, JK Ultra is a wealth of information. Just go back to the first part of her TikTok and just start watching. She has several series. Um, I mean, I, I can't even say enough about how much information she gives out. And just um, I bought the Urantia Bible oh or book. I think it's yeah. Urantia book yeah, because I, I just I saw it on TikTok. You mm-hmm, sent me ever. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is right up your alley. Yeah. And um, I got Dolores Cannon vibes where I was like, oh, I yeah. am about to be broken again mm-hmm. how fun she talks a lot about J- dolores cannon yeah no um, did i just found out yesterday barnes and nobles has a dolores cannon section in their stores oh nice talk about started from the bottom now we're here yeah well and that that urentia book that you're talking about mm-hmm. so i downloaded it on audible and it's three downloads on audible and they're like 40 hours each it's a gigantic book it looks yeah it it's three Gene Keys novels stacked on top of right. each other. It's, it's huge. Yeah, no, I can't wait to dive into it. I've been, I've been just starting it, and mm-hmm. wow, 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 wow. Yeah, it, I'll mm-hmm. take, I'll take some time to go through it, and I will read, <laughs> I will read parts of it later. Yeah, but, uh, 
I'll probably put a link where and if anybody wants to look into it or buy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, like I'll tag JK at the bottom yeah. of our stuff because yeah. her content is great. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is. And, and she you gets always so go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And you know how like you find a TikToker that like you watch it and that's good, but then you put your phone up and you're over it. Yeah. There's something about her stuff that like makes you want to go and research more for yourself. Like she yeah. triggers something in your own evolution. Yeah. She gives and you a lot not, of information, but there's always yeah. so much more that she's but like. But it's not an entertainment that? value. Right. Like there's entertainment values where like I was entertained. I'm fulfilled. I'm done. Mm-hmm. She she accesses the evolutionary voice in me where I'm like, teach me. What are you doing? And yeah. then like, OK, maybe this video isn't for me, but mm-hmm the Urentia book was for me mm-hmm. and yeah. I am like I'm waiting to just buy Dolores's whole collection at one time mm-hmm. because that is a I need to go to an Airbnb in, for six months and leave me alone yeah for I'm sure I'm with Dolores <laughs> right right <laughs> there's oh gosh yeah I mean I could go I we could probably have like an entire season just talking about what she's talked about on like a couple of her series just like yeah. each well series. I would love to get her on the show but <laughs> oh, I know I that too. she's super busy so yeah like she fingers used to be crossed, not as big and then universe, she blew up <laughs> just so you know I'm yeah, sending JK, it out to you talk. right now we would love JK Ultra on our TikTok yeah on well, our tiktok on well our- you can come on our tiktok but we love you on our podcast too. <laughs> yeah. thanks our tiktok has like 14 followers it's okay that's hilarious we have to start somewhere and be grateful for everybody oh, absolutely and it's over well, 14 we, i know it is and we we really haven't given it much attention so that's our fault not 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 the followers fault <laughs> we we have a lot going on we do but back to what we're talking yes. about today friends so another person which is who we're going to actually um share some tiktoks from that has a lot of amazing information really 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 good content um substantive information and that i really hope we can get on the show sometime um um is called museum of tarot and they're out of nashville and their TikTok is Museum of Tarot. Their website is museumoftarot.com. Is it, are you saying museum? Museum. Like M-U-S-E-U-M? Yes, Museum okay. of Tarot. I'll link it, but I'm yep. like, we're saying museum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, But I don't know if it's an actual museum you can go visit, because I don't find it. Yeah, but I'm when like, you say it, when you're I will saying drive museum, to Nashville and come see you. I'm like, yeah. is it, you're saying museum, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm also going to go look them up after the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm typing it incorrectly to my search bar. So here's how I actually found them for the first time, is like when they had almost no followers, and like they'd had like three videos up, and they were talking about... Um, I'm going to say this wrong, Dicean glass, the glass where you can see stuff. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, illegal. Yeah, yeah that's illegal but, for no freaking reason. But they have it. Okay, wait, hold on. Did you just say that you don't know if this is an actual museum in Nashville? Correct. Or if it's just like a TikTok name and they just happen to live in Nashville? They do live in Nashville. But you don't know if this museum is real and that's just like not I don't know a if it's name. A, right. I don't know if it's an actual museum, but I do know that this guy is a collector got it so that might might be why they call it museum of so Tarot. now we need to figure it out because it looks I don't like know if we might be actually... going to nashville <laughs> right yeah like i mean if, if if this is a place you can actually visit like road trip tomorrow because he has like he has ancient books bibles grimoire tarot dicean glass like so much like original gateway tapes do you see my eyes 
Like, I'm bugging out over here. You have no idea. All right, like, well, so much stuff. Before okay. we make this episode about how we're going to Nashville tomorrow, um, <laughs> right. we need to get back on track. Okay, 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 okay. So I'm telling you about, about Museum Montero, right? Okay, so um, anyway, great information, get, getting back on track. So talking about Akashic Records, okay, so one of the series that he has, he features um, a book by Todd Murphy, um, called Sacred Pathways, where he talks about um, how to build a device where you can electrically um, change the wave patterns of your brain, where you can begin to train it to access the Akashic field. Okay? So... He also, as part of the series on his TikTok, has shows you how to build the device. It's a 10-part series. And he gives you like, your supply list, shows you step-by-step step how to build the device. This man needs protected at all costs. Right. <laughs> right. And um, he, for whatever reason, um, I mean, he has a lot of followers, but I never seem to find his TikToks until, so here's what he's done with the with the. Dicing glass with um, a couple of, uh, oh, he's had these like magnetic field projectors where like you could, anyway, and then also this device that he's shows you how to build, he calls a mind to mind. He had a bunch of them produced um, and then he sold those, but I never seemed to get his videos until like I go and physically find them and I remember like, oh yeah, he was going to do this. I go find him and he's already sold out of everything. Mm -hmm. Like he puts them up, they're sold out. He puts them up, they're sold out. So I don't actually own any of these things. But, but we're I, trying. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but so anyway, it's called mind to mind. So when he made it to sell it, it's called mind to mind. Um, so, but he has a series where you can go make your own. So, Museum of Tarot, go find and make your own. Tell me all about it. I want to hear. Um, anyway, so um, I want to first play a video where um, this TikTok is talking about how the earth is a geomagnetic field or a hard drive where all of, so he bridges spirit and science. That's one of the things he does, which, you know, on spiritual smorgasbord we love that bridge right so he's talking about that the akashic record is actually the earth as a magnetic field spirit and science is a bridge so um we'll go ahead and play this um tiktok where he talks a little bit about this and it starts where um he's kind of following up on a girl's video where she's talking about um downloading a microchip our information to a microchip and then he's kind of explaining yeah that's nice but you don't have to because the earth is a giant microchip so ready i'm ready Three, two one theory of putting taking a cell and taking your entire consciousness and putting it on a microchip yeah you don't need a microchip your consciousness is already being uploaded externally every moment of your life. Your memory is what's considered electrically labile for about 20 minutes, which means if you got hit in the head right now or shocked or you got choked out, um, you would lose about 20 minutes of your memory. There are two mechanisms that write to long-term memory. First off, your dendrites in your nervous system actually get altered. Second, as that's happening, your memory actually gets written to the geomagnetic field. What I'm saying is that the Earth itself is a large hard drive. 
the sum total of human consciousness for everybody that's ever existed is encoded within the Earth's geomagnetic field, and it can be accessed. This provides a physical, scientific mechanism for remote viewing and psychic ability and reincarnation. Uh, when a child is born, it has the most connections it'll ever have in its brain, and as it goes through life, they get cut down. At some point, it's entirely possible that the child can access the field for memories that weren't its own, like a World War II pilot or somebody that got drowned in a river. It also addresses why uh, exact twins uh, can communicate be between each other and share memories and uh, feelings across distance, even, even through later in life, because they will have largely some of the same structures that will allow them to tune to the same portions of the hologram. So to do a mind transference, all you would need to do is create something that was neurologically your twin and that could access your hologram. The entire discussion about Neuralink and microchips and all that, I think that's a red herring that's being put out in the, in the press. Um, technologically, we're way past that. We, can, we blew that away 30 years ago. In other words, just suppose there are two phases. One that go into the individual brain, represented as synaptic patterns, which when it dies, it's gone. But what about the other information that's been represented elsewhere? And is that physically possible? Absolutely. Does the Earth's magnetic field have the capacity to store that energy? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, at the end of that video was Dr. My Michael Persinger, Persinger, who created the God Machine, which is basically this mind-to-mind um, -mind that um, Museum of Terror recreates, right? And Dr. Michael Persinger is the person who did so much research on um, creating the machine that helps you repattern your brain to access the Akashic field. And I don't know if you picked up on it, but what he's basically saying is the reason twins can access each other's brains so easily and have so many similar um, experiences and understand each other is because they, because they are genetically identical. Their brains are genetically identical. And when you have a twin mechanism, then you access the same information. So if you have a twin mechanism to your brain somewhere else, that can access the same information that you already have access to. So you create a twin mechanism of your brain somewhere, then your memories, your downloads, your access of your information can also be accessed on that twin mechanism, right? And that, that technology existed 30 years ago, not not in 30 years from now it's mm -hmm. already here oh i believe we're like the guy said way past it and downloading into a microchip is like downloading into a floppy disk in my opinion right like we're way freaking past that right we have aura photography let's <laughs> right come on <laughs> let's do this right 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 so, okay, so, um, okay, the next video, or the next, I guess it's a TikTok soundbite, not a video. Audio. Audio. Yeah. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is, um, this one is basically just featuring um, Dr. Persinger only talking, and it's talking about how you change the organization of your brain. Um, he's talking about his device and it being used in practical use and how that is working. So we'll go ahead and listen to Dr. Persinger for a minute. And this is on Museum of Tarot's TikTok. 
we've shown that that's probably what uh, some of the special people have, such as Ingo Swan uh, and Sean Hirovance, when they came here, we measured their brains very carefully. And it appears to be very much like any kind of person who is sensitive to the environment. They just process information differently. So if you begin to change the organization of the brain, you change the sensor, because the brain itself can be seen as a whole sensor, as a, as a sensor itself. So you can do this with shamanistic practices, as my colleague Don Hill has been pursuing for many years. Uh, you can do it with drugs. You can do it by certain kind of rituals of deprivation, hypoxia, starvation, sensory isolation, instead of the cave like Mohammed did, or you can wander through the desert like Christ did. It seems to produce the same basic effect. You alter brain activity, and now you have access to information that you typically would not have access to. So the question is, where is the information coming from? And that's where we are now. Uh, could the information be stored in the environment in the traditional Akashic record concept, which is shown in many cultures? Mm -hmm. Suffice it to say, without getting into calculations, the Earth's magnetic field has the energy to basically store uh, the information that has been generated, well, I should say, to store the, the energy in terms of jewels uh, that's been generated by every human being for since the beginning of human beings. It has the capacity to store that. Mm -hmm. Now. If the environment is perturbated, such as the geomagnetic storm or the solar cycle, you can see how this can influence thinking, mm -hmm. as well as your access. Now, in a general area, in a completely different area called paranormal, uh, about 30 years ago, I found that um, geomagnetic activity was very, very quiet on days when people were having psi experiences, when they felt they could feel if someone at a distance was dying or something equivalent condition. And that would be consistent with the fact that we are all connected in the geomagnetic field, just like six billion copper wires immersed in the same current. And under certain circumstances, such as the altered state of dreaming, we have the capacity to, uh, to access this information. I love it. I love what he said. It really is like super grounding. Yeah. Well, I guess like science-y, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah. Well, and also what he's saying there is, you know, you kind of... Um, they have those apps now where we can see what the Earth's magnetic field is doing, right? And what he's saying is when the Earth's magnetic field is at its normal state, um, like the seven frequency, right? Then you have yeah. access to more information. And when the Earth's magnetic field is really high, like we're having a sunburst or whatever the case may be. Like solar flare? Solar flare. Okay. It's harder to access that information because um, there's interference. Makes you wonder. So you're kind of like the satellite. Right. And so it makes you wonder um, if someone, something, didn't want us to have access to information that's um, happening, if they could put a surge of energy into the atmosphere to block people from sensing or feeling what was happening at the moment. I wonder. I'm glad that you said it because I was thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so that's an old video. That that's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Um, okay. So then this final video that I want to share um, talks a little bit about what the Akashic Record or the Earth as a microchip could be used for if rather than using it just for our um, psychic abilities or, hey, this is a fun game, what if we 
all began vibrating and training our brains and understanding how to access the Akashic field. What if we all did that? What would it feel and look like? And what could we accomplish as a human race? And what if we all raised ourselves to the level where we didn't have to use a mind-to-mind device to do that? What, what could we become? Well, first of all, we'd all have to not be afraid of sharing our thoughts with each other. Like, right. I mean, we'd really have to get, we would all have to go and elevate to a higher form of consciousness where we don't react emotionally. Mm-hmm. And we, we finally go to observe, don't attach. Mm-hmm. And this world is made to make you be attached to things. Right. You want to be attached to the person you married, the kids that you have, the job that you have, the 401k, mm-hmm. the house, the car. This is my identity. This is how much I make a year. This is everything that I do. All of these attachments that mean so much to you ultimately keep you grounded in the physical. Well, and part of me thinks that as we begin to akashically connect to each other and I start understanding your thoughts and your thoughts and your thoughts and your thoughts and I start understanding that you're coming from a place of purity And I no longer, my ego no longer perceives your ego, but my truth now perceives your truth that my ego doesn't turn on as often and I'm going to get there in a more natural way. So again, for me, like, just so I don't go off on a 10 minute tangent, (laughs) um, you individually and collectively would have to come out of the fear frequency that is taught to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's the thing. And what you were talking about, like, what if all of us got together and sang Kumbaya, basically? Um, I read an article about how Jesus, the way, like, how Jesus had his followers. Like, they believed in him. They believed in what he said, what he was doing for himself, for them, and humanity. So what was proven in this article was that it wasn't Jesus that was the magic. It was the collective consciousness of everybody. Absolutely. I know that he's the catalyst. He was the reason he came back here was to elevate human consciousness and bring us away from the hate and the war and the fear mongering and this fear frequency that we're all still technically living with. Um, But it wasn't Jesus himself performing these miracles with all of these peasants just watching and going good job yay Mm -hmm. stay jacked one you know like it was him and his followers they all believed in everything he was saying Mm -hmm. he would sit there and he would you know preach give his sermon like basically channeling god's word of you know guys like quit doing that like love each other I don't, it doesn't matter if they're gay. It doesn't matter if they're transgender. It doesn't matter about their transgressions. Turn the cheek. If they want to take your shirt, give them your coat, mm-hmm. you know, and it shows you again, collective consciousness, but what is in the way of collective consciousness? Like everything that we've ever created on earth, all of these physical, wonderful, beautiful things, 
that we all love. I'm not saying like go sell your shit and live in a tent and talk to God all day because there's only a certain amount of people that are called to do that. There's the 3D and the 5D that you have to balance, which I totally understand. But when going back through the research and realizing that the magic of Jesus was the also the magic of his followers and realizing that all of us are special, all of us have a purpose, we literally all came back here for a reason. That's really, really powerful stuff, even if you need to ground it into the science of hey, how do I get my brain on the frequency to access this information? Like he said, you can do it with psychedelics and drugs, super fun. But there's a, there's so many different ways that you can go and access it. But just like talking about that and what I'll bring up later and how to access your Akashic Records 101, they say one of the biggest reasons that people struggle to access the Akashic is lack of meditation and the doubt and the fear frequency that we get tapped into when we're about to go and do stuff like that. So maybe we can give some tics, tips and tricks on how to not do that. But I still find it crazy that it all ties together and it all comes back to us all being from the same place and we're truly just different expressions of the same thing. So like you said on like season one, it was like how is one wave going to make fun of the other when we're all the same? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just really powerful stuff. And again, bridging spirit and science, I'll say it over and over. Yeah. What an amazing thing. So let's go ahead and play that final clip. This is my favorite clip, by the way. They're all good, but this is my favorite. So enjoy. Yeah. What if there was a technology that could save the world? What would that technology look like? Would it be a new form of energy or method of food production? Or would it be something altogether different? Say a technology that enhances consciousness and allows people to connect and feel a sense of unity that they have not experienced yet as a species. What if that technology already exists? What would it look like in application? Three things. No more secrets. Equity between all human beings and a understanding of human consciousness that will allow us to then move forward beyond some of the petty features that keeps human beings tribalized and unfortunately in a state of a kind of individual islands. That would be the goal. In previous videos, I've explored this from the standpoint of psychic ability, that two people can in fact share consciousness across distance and that it happens all the time. The key factor in these events is an individual's ability to tap into the Earth's Schumann frequency. And that ability to connect can be augmented with the very clever use of magnetic fields. What you call higher consciousness is limited to the Earth itself. Then the more we imitate what that Schumann resonance and all of its characteristics are like, the more you'll be like what that is, which basically engulfs all of us all the time. So let's put aside tarot cards and Ouija boards for a moment and talk about some bigger things. This is TikTok. I mean, I get it. People are just here to show their titties and crack a couple of jokes and hope they get some attention. But what it really comes down to is I think they're alone. I think they're miserable. I think people just don't feel connected at all. And I think so many of the problems that we're all going through right now are happening because nobody feels connected anymore. We have lost our empathy as a species, and that is a very dangerous place to be. So with this video, I start the series to teach you all how to build this technology, how to use it for tarot readings, for whatever you want to use it for, but most of all, to feel connected again. So like and follow, and I'll leave you with this. Suppose everyone was connected. You said that you felt the pain in your stomach when you couldn't eat, such as Biafra. 
suppose we were all connected and you felt that hot bullet pierce your skin in South Vietnam, would there be war and would there be famine? And the answer is no, there would not. But the problem is in the past, we were never connected. We were 7 billion separate brains. Now we have an opportunity to have an interaction that may allow us to have a bit of these shared experiences. And if it's optimal, then those conditions that have been so devastating to our species could be at least minimized. Well, right. I just, I just need a minute on it. Cause I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's really like Akashic records. Um, the world holding all the information. Um, Imagine what we could do if we set our ego aside and work together. Right. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like you're, you're scared to lose this identity that you've built up in your world that yeah, some's true, but most of it's ego. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, if we all let go of that part of us and yeah, I mean, Cheyenne goes away because like Cheyenne would be my ego in a sense. And then my soul comes up and my soul connects to the truth. Mm -hmm. I'd be okay with that. I love Cheyenne. Right. I love, I love the essence of every part of myself like that. Mm -hmm. But when I think of like, I named Cheyenne, my ego and everything I've built up in this life, the lessons I've learned, the karma, all of that stuff, pushing that aside to be the truth. But the cool thing about the truth, um, your truth, my truth is pop culture does a really cool way of interpreting it. Yeah. So I found an article that says movies and shows that show us what the Akashic records are and how they work. So you can choose to believe that they're talking about the Akashic records and this is just a different interpretation or not. But I thought this was interesting. So I really wanted to bring uh, highlight a couple movies that interpret the Akashic a different way. Or at least the way Hollywood tries to tell it Well, at least the way Hollywood tries to, and this guy who wrote the article decided that's what they were referring in that movie. Right. So I I was curious about this because um, the movie Soul from Disney Plus, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that gave a really good interpretation of, you know, soul contracts, where we're coming from, what's your purpose, karma, reincarnation, not taking life for granted, right? When you see the soul, like eat the piece of pizza and it goes through it, it can't use the human senses, Mm -hmm. our senses. So I thought that was really cool, but I found a couple more and, um, okay. So 2003, uh, movie Bruce Almighty, uh, Jim Carrey is the main character and we're going to go to the scene where Morgan Freeman plays God. And I think he basically like walks into a warehouse And this is where they have their moment where God's like, you better get it right. So it says, as God has a drawer out of a massive white filing cabinet full of records of Carrie's life up till now and searches through the files, looking at each one of everything he had done as a kid or ever said or thought about certain people. And I remember this perfectly because like Jim Carrey goes up to the file cabinet. He grabs it and as soon as it opens it flies him across the room in this drawer that just flies out forever then he like falls to the ground and Morgan Freeman pulls up the last file basically a transcription of what he just said about God so he says he now offers Carrie a chance to take the enlightened road in such future situations. So by God as Freeman revealing to Jim Carrey, the record of his past behavior in certain situations in that life, he now has a chance to redo this from a more soul aligned 
or enlightened state of being now that God has shown him his misdoings, whoever God is to you, right? So I thought that that was a really cool way of coming in, not just like God coming in, but like spirit guides coming in, the way that meditation is really good for reflection and introspection and like for the most part we know what's right and wrong but what's right and wrong to you and to me could be two different things based Mm -hmm. on our upbringing our beliefs yada 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 Mm -hmm. so I just thought that was really interesting that it just shows um a higher energy a higher frequency coming in and being like okay stop like you can do it better you actually have time to do it better right well and showing that like everything's in a record file somewhere, like somewhere, all the information. Not a physical place. I still right. think it's a frequency that you can go to. Right. Well, and there's a lot of people, too, that, like, say that um, when they file their information, they physically see a file cabinet in their mind. Like, not physically, but, like, mentally. Like, mentally. Visually see that. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is, is based on perception, my perception yeah. of Akashic isn't yours. So right. even though there's a consensus that it's a file cabinet, doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that I see a file cabinet. Right. Because I see a scene more like soul. Right. You know, it's it's like this beautiful floating-ass place up mm-hmm. above with a bunch of awesome ancient symbols and mm-hmm. It's a frequency. That's yeah. what I, I personally think it is. But mm-hmm. there's another movie in 93 that was released. It's called Groundhog Day mm-hmm. featuring Bill Murray. And he literally like lives the same day over and over and over. And what they say here is it's a man who gets stuck in one day that keeps repeating until he learns the lessons. And as he learns about being a more responsible, conscientious and loving human being, which then he released on to move forward into his life. What a perfect example of like not just Akasha and learning your lessons, but like eternal suffering that you do to yourself. Right. So like he woke up every day actually believing that the reason he was stuck for whatever reason it was. I haven't watched the movie for a long time, but his own suffering kept him stuck in his reincarnation cycle, his every day. And then finally, when he learned these lessons, he was able to move up. So... I love, I love that representation. After I read the article, I was just like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in matters of the heart. I don't know that I've seen that. What was that about? What, Groundhog Day? Oh, 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 I thought you meant a movie. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we're transitioning from okay. I need to know about my life, my career. Um, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody, a lot of people go to like mediums and stuff for love, for questions. Yeah, absolutely. So when I read this, I was like, holy shit. I'm not saying that I believe this. I'm saying this needs to be heard and do your own research. Okay. So it says another fun pop culture movie reference is 51st Dates. It's a Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler yeah. movie. okay. So where due to amnesia, Adam Sandler's character has to get Drew Barrymore's character to fall in love with him over and over again because every morning she wakes up and forgets everything. Right. So this is more or less shows it's like for soulmates or twin flames and how they know they are meant to be together. But the ego mind, karma and repeating patterns of this life and past lives keep coming in to play blocks to the true love until the soul called to be together keeps on trying and breaking through the karmic loops to ascend to a higher level of unconditional love relationship the akashic records are what record records such actions or where they can be seen and access to accelerate such a process in a current lifetime 
Thus, by using the Akashic Records for this higher knowledge, one won't have to go through the cycle of reincarnation or painfully repeating the same pattern to the point of often causing one partner to choose free will out of the soul-aligned connection as facing their soul's work becomes too painful, scary, or too much work. However, we're only repeat in another situation until it is learned and ascended beyond. Accessing the records at such a time can bring much needed relief and healing to such a situation. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, if you're just thinking about like, oh, I want to be with, you know, the love of my soul. I think that's super, super sweet. But understanding that there's so many people that have um, friendships just for like relationships in general, like you have love for this person, you care for this person and you don't understand like why all of this is happening. Why is there Mm -hmm. space? Why is there this disconnect? Why is there this silence? Like all this crazy stuff. And then when you look at it from like a soul evolution and soul origin and what how is the what is this lesson for me how is this why do i need to be in this partnership right now well no what is what is this teaching me right it's not about the partnership i'm talking about the partnership you want to be in you know you care about and you can't be with Mm. so 50 first dates i've always looked at just like some cute little comedy you know with like two of my favorite actors um but after i read this article i was like that's kind of still like romantic and sweet. I think it just sucks that the souls can't realize that. Yeah. Their past life karma, the karma now and all the things that separate them are actually what's going to bring them back together in the end. And that is not just a love story. It's not just a twin flame story. It's the story of all of us. We fell from grace, no matter like, however the Bible wants to depict it. You're like, every, everybody falling. Like at the end of the day, it was karma that separated us and until we learn our lessons and we don't do it again Mm. then we don't really get to connect with that higher conscious and the separation of the ego and the truth coming out to like all go home so to speak right so i just thought that that was really cool and powerful especially when you think of it being out on the mainstream and in pop culture because you're just not going to like run into someone on the street that's like oh let's talk about akashic records you know but (laughs) they're like oh do you want to talk about symbolism and pop culture right very cool to tie it in yeah um but i'm all wrapped up on akashic but i know we have a few more things to talk about so um a couple of the other things that i wanted to pull apart from tammy's episode was um clear senses like what are they right and then also like mediumship and psychics and like psychic medium and like what does it mean Mm -hmm. what's going on is it the same is it different so i have a couple resources that i want to pull apart so for instance clairvoyance means clear seeing so this is when visions past present and future flash through our mind's eye or our third eye and it's much like a daydream Um, Many of us are highly visual and able to understand an idea best when we see it written or sketched out as an image on a computer screen or on a canvas. So visual people often choose to be artists, builders, photographers, decorators, designers, and so forth. If this sounds familiar, your clairvoyance is most likely a dominant sense. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool because I'm sure there's people out there, very successful people out there that don't even realize that like you are clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're like, oh, I see dead people. I know where your grandpa is in the ether. You know, what I thought was, um, and I think we talked about this a little bit before, is that um, I never knew that I had clairvoyance because I thought when I saw things, 
I was imagining things. Yeah, they just yeah, because honey, it was it's in your my imagination. Head. Well, and it was a it was a something I saw in my head, right? Yeah, and it but wasn't think a, of the programming of what you're told instead right. of being like, "Hey, that's your intuition. That's your God. That's your connection to God. Those are them talking to you." It's just that's your imagination. You well, made that up. In and your in head. the in the movies, like think of um, I can't even think of the TV show at this point, but like they see like people who are clairvoyant or a medium they show them seeing something physically in front of them visually. And so I always thought that that's what it had to be. If you're a clear, if, if you have the visual um, skill, then you see a person standing in front of you. Otherwise you don't have that skill. Which is why I think this episode's really important because not only are we pulling apart the five clear senses, even though most of the articles came across four clear senses and there's five, but also on like a mediumship, there's also three senses. Mm -hmm. Like all mediums aren't made alike, which right. I'm going to get to that, but I'm glad that you brought that up because there is a lot of misconception with, especially with like labeling, like, mm -hmm. you know, you come into your gifts and you're like, Oh, I'm a psychic medium. And I'm like, what at this point I'm, I always ask people, I'm like, what clairs do you have mm -hmm. and what clairs did you come into? What did you knew you always had that you were like, Oh, that helps. That helps. That helps. That helps. Mm -hmm. So clairaudience audience means, or sorry, clairvoyance means clear seeing. And it's through your third eye. Mm -hmm. They're not physically manifested in front of you. It would technically be what other people would call your imagination, but it's mm -hmm. not. That's like, that's why I call it. It's my teleprompter from the divine. Right. Like they're, they're sending it's stuff like a to movie me. in your mind. Yeah. But they it know, can be visual. they know how to talk to you. Like there's people that's like, Oh, I want to speak angel and I want to learn light codes and all that, which that's fine. If you're called to it, do it. Mm -hmm. But to think that you have to learn a different language or a different code to be able to connect like with your spirit team with God. This is what I think really breaks it down is they already actually know how to communicate with you. You have to figure out how to communicate with you. Right. You have to understand so your filters. Through, yeah. Through the clairs is really good. And you're absolutely right. My filters is something that I've been really, really just honed in on for a while. Mm -hmm. And I'll get to that later because I really want to go through the other definitions so they're close together in the episode. So clear audience means clear hearing. So this is going to be like a perfect example for me. This happens all the time. Um, I'll be out and about somewhere and, you know, you just like look at someone and you're like, like connected to them. And then um, somebody that wants to talk to them talks to me in my left ear. And it'll be something simple like I like the flowers they put on my grave. Go tell her I like the lilies. That's my main example that I have. It doesn't go super past that because I'm to the point like I'm not going to walk up to you and tell you that one of your family members wants to talk to you. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to talk to your family member and say if they're meant to if we're meant to cross paths like you send them to me. Right. And you confirm it to me and I will. I'll deliver I, your message. I'll deliver the message. I'll do mm -hmm. whatever you want. But I'm not knocking on doors. I'm not going and finding people. Mm -hmm. This isn't some freaking Lifetime movie where I just found out I'm freaking powerful. Right. So um, clear audience means clear hearing. And it says, this is when we hear words, sounds, or music in our own mind's voice. The music was a big thing for me because it had always been in my mind. And when I finally realized that they were responding to me in music because they understand, like, if you need Cheyenne's attention, it's music. <laughs> right. It's concert tickets and it's music. Damn it. <laughs> when will they learn? Um, but anyways, so the music was really big for me. And it says, on rare occasions, spirit may be able to create audible sound. Um, though this takes a tremendous amount of focused energy, which I think that that is, um, that's not a matter of fact to me because I've heard music and voices and 
all of that stuff in my head since I was a kid. The problem was I went to people that didn't believe that this was a thing and I would tell them about it and that would be shut down. Right. Right. So do your own research. Um, some of us best retain and comprehend information when we hear it spoken aloud. Our natural talent tends to lie in our auditory faculties, often making us gifted musicians, singers, writers, and public speakers. If this feels right to you, clear audience may be a leading sense for you. Clear audience is my main sense. I want to be super fucking cocky and say it's my third eye but my third eye and my clear audience actually go hand in hand they're like on the same coin but the audience is what will get me it'll wake me up from my sleep all of that stuff I can sleep through a dream that's a little messed up that I know is a premonition but when the audience comes in like you listen like you're like god (laughs) you know and they might they might so the crazy thing about the music and I'm gonna say this just because I want to know if there's anybody else out there that happens so Like if you're having one of those like introspective days, I really love to like be like, send me a song that I need right now. I'm about to put shuffle on and you get to decide. Mm -hmm. Right. I love doing that. So if it's the beginning of the song that they send me in my head and the first sentences don't apply, it's the title of the song that they want me to look into. This is me specifically. I'm not saying a matter of fact. If they are sending me like a message in my head, I'm not putting Spotify on. This is a song that pops up in my head and it's the chorus. Like it's a book, like they're teaching me something. They're answering my questions through a chorus, through an outro, through something. And that's something that I had to to discern against when I woke up April 14th because the music that I was listening to got really loud and messagey. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing was, is it, you can never, you can never like judge or wonder or prejudge where any of your messages come from. Right. And Khalid just dropped an album called, I think Freebird. I think it was his first solo album. Um, and I had been listening to it for a while and then I gained full access to my hearing and my smells even came back because they said trauma suppresses senses. So I had accessed, I had broken through a level. I was, you know, coming into my Akashic remembering and I could hear fully and I could smell wholly again. And I listened to the album again and they were picking out certain sentences like a music video and it was showing <laughs> an incubus music video where um i think it's drive where like brandon's like drawing on everything and they they use the same hand from the incubus music video to draw these lyrics out for me and they're like they were confirming all of the visions everything that i was seeing through music the day after i would have the premonition or have the dream Or have like this knocking at the back of my chest and I'm like, is it really what I think it is? Like, (laughs) is like, you know, because I've shoved this down for a long time. So you're telling me this is real. Like this is true. And through the music, they were responding to me. And that is my heaviest, heaviest response from the other side. Besides random people walking out of my closet. We'll get to that later. (laughs) So clear audience means clear hearing. Again, if you hear words, sounds or music um in our own mind you should probably look into that and most likely you're an extremely gifted musician singer writer public speaker if you're not that's probably why you're working the same job and you're miserable and you're suffering because you're supposed (laughs) to be a gifted clear hearing person right so clear sentience means clear feeling um 
I'm glad that we're going to pull this one apart because it'll be good for the mediumship too. So it says this entails feelings of a person or spirit's emotions or feeling another's physical pain, which clear sentient empath, intuitive, intuitive empath, whatever you want to say, kind of go hand in hand too. Um, many of us are clairsentient without consciously being aware of it. Yep, just like a lot of us didn't know we were an empath, so that's why we went freaking crazy. Um, when we get a strong gut feeling, positive or negative, about someone we just met, or when we get the chills for no apparent reason, we may be tuning into the emotional energy of a person or a spirit around us. When we are highly sensitive or are in tune with not only our own feelings, but also the feelings of others, this makes us natural healers and caregivers. We often feel inspired to pursue careers as doctors, therapists, counselors, nannies, and teachers. If this is you, clear sentience is at the top of your senses list. So not only is it like clear feeling and like empathic, but it's also like if you're not jaded and didn't give in to all the hurt that you went through to evolve your soul, you're probably a supremely like nurturing person and just want to provide a safe space for other people. Um, growing up when I was younger, I would always just turn into basically like a negative Nancy out of nowhere. I'd want to show up as the best version of myself no matter where I went. I was excited to see everybody. And when I would get there, I'd be extremely overwhelmed. I wanted to hide in a corner and like people would grab me and I would feel my emotions changing and these people would touch me. I would get in arguments, teenage arguments with my mom and I would try to explain to her like I feel like I'm a garbage can for everybody's emotions and everybody's just dumping all this shit on me and I'm processing what you're not feeling and my mom doesn't like this is like the 90s I didn't even know what an empath was so I don't expect her to know it but when you're a kid trying to desperately explain that I, I'm not mad. Right. You're mad. Yeah. You're mad. You're not processing the fact that you're mad. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that's just not a conversation with my mom. That, I mean, that's friends. That's anybody right. that I would you're come up against. You're just using that as an example. Yeah, that was yeah. a great example because that was a real conversation I had. But then, like, I mean, I would just pick up the negativity from everybody and mm -hmm. I would I would be the performer of your emotions. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that I had your stink on me. Right. So pretty good example because I know there's plenty of kids especially the the type of kids that are being born after us and the generations right. behind us that are coming in they are 10 times more sensitive than what I was and I yeah. was born in 91 right so I'm just kind of like if you're out there that's such an important conversation to have too like when I first realized that that was something that existed mm -hmm. I had that conversation with Lily when she was still in school I don't remember I think it was junior high that um, we pick up on the emotions of the people around us. And whether it's true for us or not, we express those emotions. And so take a second and realize, is this something that I'm really feeling? Or is this something that they're feeling and now That's I'm feeling? That's I picked up. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that was really important for her to understand and um, process but it's, I think it's something that we should all talk with our children about because, you know, they're in school and, you know, puberty. Hello. Yeah. Well, right? I just think it's like it's an intrinsic part of all of us. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the way hypnosis goes all the way back, like anything like primordial, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think you can you can use empath as like your business, your tool, like that's your gift. That's what you go to. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, we all have our gut feelings. We all have that intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that is our, again, our connection to the divine. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, clear alienance, alienance, yeah, means clear smelling. Oh, okay. So it says this is being able to smell odors that don't have any kind of physical source. Instances of this could include smelling the perfume of a cigarette smoke of a deceased relative used as a sign of their presence around us. When our sense of smell is strong and distinct, we may find that certain smells connect us to past memories or may be drawn to working as a florist, a wine taster, or perfume fragrance creator. Two stories popped in my mind as I was reading this. One, I have this, and I did not know I had this. And um, mine isn't like I can... I've had like you have a relative come in and you can like smell their aftershave. Like I've had that stuff with a grandpa who passed away. Mine, what I thought tripped me out was people would smell like sulfur when I would be talking to their mask, their avatar, the facade of who they put out to the world of people. I'm the type of person that will really, really see through your facade and bullshit, not from intuitive and empath, but I believe from a soul origin perspective. I've been called an old soul since I was a little kid, and I believe 100% that I am. Um, And I mean that humbly. But I was with um, one of my closest soul ties one time, and he hugged me, and he smelled like sulfur. But he like his physical body didn't smell like sulfur, but it was one of the first times that I had realized and actually put together that like I was smelling people's like souls. So I'm going to put a visual on this. So on the movie Soul, there's a guy in a pirate ship in the abyss of what would be like hell. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's the lower frequency. And Mm he wrangles this big flight like layered it looks like ash covered entity wrangles it up, gets him back. All of this basically like ego, debris, karma, suffering off of this guy. And it's like this guy who just works like this normal job that lost his way and is like dead inside. And like they revitalize his soul. So I realized through my own research that the sulfur was not like they're demonic, they're bad, but they're actually really far away from their soul's purpose. So if you see your friend far away from their soul's purpose and you don't want to interfere in their free will, how do you really navigate having clear smelling? Because clear smelling, when I looked it up, I the only thing I found was like other past loved ones. But I was literally smelling soul evolution and mm-hmm. soul stagnancy. Mm-hmm. So I actually lost my smell in December mm-hmm. and it's slowly come back. And you and I talked about how um, I'm still scared to get my smell back because I haven't been able to technically smell people like that. Like I haven't smelled sulfur since December. Mm -hmm. I haven't shook somebody's hand and met somebody and been like, oh, God, you're really putting on a good show right now, bud, aren't you? (laughs) Right. Oh, bought a new car, but you're still not living your purpose. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. You know, stuff like that. Um, And I have plenty of other senses like Claire Audience is my main one. So somebody tells me a lie. The voices tell me your truth. Mm-hmm. So like having a conversation with me could be like super trippy. <laughs> like you literally feel like you're talking to an entity sometimes. So um, Claire Gustins, Gustins, I hope I said that right, means clear tasting. It says this is the ability to taste something that isn't actually there. Um, I do not have a reference for this at all. 
So I'm actually kind of happy about this because <laughs> I like my taste buds not being messed with. It says this experience oftentimes comes from out of the blue when a deceased loved one is attempting to communicate a memory or association we have with a particular food or beverage that reminds us of them. If we have a heightened sense of taste, this would make us natural chefs, bakers, or food critics. That's all. That's another Claire. I don't have a backup story on that, <laughs> but I have plenty, and I know you do too, on this one. And this is clear cognizance, which means clear knowing. This is when we have knowledge of people or events that we would not normally have knowledge about. Spirit impresses impresses us with truths that simply pop into our minds from out of nowhere. An example of this would be a premonition, a forewarning of something that will happen in the future. Claire cognizance requires tremendous faith because there's often no practical explanation for why we suddenly know something. Many philosophers, professors, doctors, scientists, religious and spiritual leaders, and powerful sales and business leaders tend to be highly intuitive and seem to know the facts with a sense of certainty. If this is you, consider claircognizance as one of your dominant senses. So, picking out our dominant senses right now, my dominant senses are claircognizance, clear seeing. no, I'm sorry, audience would be my second one, sentience would probably be my third one, and then clairvoyance would probably be my fourth one. And clairvoyance is because I really get freaked out when dead people approach me. And like, it's not the third eye. It's a physical manifestation of their energy from the other side. I have seen it. And I do like, I'm like, ha, mm, talk to me first. <laughs> like, we don't do snake attacks. Right. So that's why, like, even for me, and I bring this up because um, Connie from New Age Center, mm -hmm. I keep teasing her. I know she'll eventually come on. When she opened up, she realized she was introduced to all the Claire's. And they're like, anybody can access all these Claire's. Some are easy, some are not. What do you want to do because you're in control? She's mm -hmm. like, I want to connect people to their past loved ones and I want to help people connect with their spirit guides to, again, bridge that gap. She shut down every other Claire. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two that she focused on. They're the only two she worked on. She set her intention. She had her switch where they could, I, I sit in this chair, I hold this stone, I'm on. The beyond talks to me, so to speak. So I think that that's really cool because anybody that's listening, I want you to know that, you know, if you're like, Ooh, is this me? Is this not me? You're not like cursed and damned. Like, Oh no, I have these powers and I have to go help humanity and I don't want to be a superhero. It doesn't work like that. You can shut anything down. You are a hundred percent sovereign being, have free will, totally in control. Mm -hmm. Apparently you forgot. Right. So well, it's kind of like you with your sense of smell, right? When you were like, Oh, this sulfur thing is sucky. I don't want it. And like, Kind well, of it made unknowingly, me, it you made like me shut it sad. down. Like, I right. think it made me sad. And that's like the biggest reason that like I unknowingly shut it down mm -hmm. is because I would be with these people and like, I love, like, I love people in general, mm -hmm. but my family, my friends, my root system, like you could be a childhood friend. I don't talk to any, talk to anymore. And I fucking love you. I root for you. I pray for you. I send you love everything. So... When I see these people, I, and they're like, oh yeah, everything's great. No, you know, t times get tough, but, 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 and then like, I'm hearing the truth mm -hmm. and then I'm smelling the truth on top of it. And I'm like, oh honey, you're, you're still not there. 
Mm-hmm. But you're 42 years old telling me everything's fine and mm-hmm. I'm 31. Like one, don't Timothy 412 me in this right. instance, but how am I, it's not my job to come up to you and be like, just so you know, you're not living your purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be like everybody. I'm not going to have that conversation with everybody. But if, you know, you want to have them and be like, oh, you're sulfur. Yeah, you're, you smell <laughs> like sulfur. It actually translates to mm-hmm. you're further away from your purpose. Right. But your avatar and your ego is making you think that you're ascending in the physical world properly. Mm-hmm. And you're actually not. You're actually using your gift, but you're not using it properly. Mm-hmm. You're wringing it out like a towel that you need the last drop on when really the universe is abundant. You shouldn't be living in a lack mindset. So I think that's important Mm -hmm. to highlight because I know that all the things we talk about, I've went through. Yeah. And I've I've had these like moments. I never want to like speak matter of fact and speak from a pedestal. I believe that direct experience is the best teacher in everything. And I still 100% believe, especially after talking to you, that I mentally subconsciously somewhere shut down my sense of smell. Mm-hmm. And I do like I don't want to smell sulfur sulfur anymore. That's not like a reading that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it, I also thought maybe it's because like I try to go to the lighter side of things. Like I'm pulled. I'm an ordained ordained minister. I'm pulled to do weddings, not funerals. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't want to be the one to tell you that you're using your gifts wrong, even though you know how to use them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one to tell you you have no self worth. That's why none of this is fucking working for you. Mm-hmm. That's why you keep repeating the same cycles. That's why you refuse to believe that karma even exists because you weren't raised this way. Mm-hmm. Like all of these, all of these things. Like I would just like to be on the brighter side, where it's like, hey, I think I'm a little stuck on this project. Can you, can you give me a little pick me up? And then I. Like grab your hand for a bit and we walk side by side for a bit. And when you're ready to go, you go. Mm-hmm. I'm temporary in everybody's lives. And that was one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had in honoring my gifts and honoring my purpose. And I know that we all go through that. Just like you, you got to use your gifts on me the other day. And I haven't experienced that in over a year. And I was like, wow, why don't you do this all the time? <laughs> yeah. You're so freaking good. I love, <laughs> I love what you see. I love what you read. And I even love how you articulate it to me. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are Claire's senses. And we go through those so we can kind of do um, mediums and psychics. So I have a few things. One, mediumship says it's the practice of purportedly mediating communication between spirits of the dead and the living living human beings. That's why they're called mediums. Um, over here, though, like since we're doing like what's a medium and then you hear like psychic mediums. Really, the only thing I've found, and I'm going to let you do your own research after what I say this, it says psychic refers to a person who is sensitive to psychic influences or forces. And it basically says those who are prone to psychic phenomenon. So clairvoyant, fortune telling, prophet, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Like palm reading. Like that's a big one. So I went to an article where they actually like interviewed a psychic to see like how she got into it. Does she feel different? You know, like, does she feel like she's like some being or, you know, whatever. Um, And she says, not all psychics and mediums are the same. There are many ways to channel spirits from the other side. Mediums may hear, feel, or hear, see, or feel energy of those who are deceased. I am a medium who possesses all three. Spirits will guide my thoughts through words, emotions, and mental pictures to assist me in understanding and interpreting the information. For a medium like me, without a connection with the dead, my psychic ability or state of knowing would be less than what it is. 
I depend on my spirit friends to grant me valuable information about the private lives of others. Very important to put in there. When she says, I depend on my spirit friends to grant me valuable information about the private lives of others, that is literally keeping your crown chakra open to consistently have the filtering process of your guides in the divine. Very, very important. Found that out at my Reiki session. My third eye was blown open. I was seeing weird shit again, and I was trying to shut it down because I don't like it. And they're like, well, your crown chakra's closed. I know you know what your crown chakra is. You're not a beginner, but let's just have a reminder course. Right. And she walked me through a little reminder course of like why like that's the main thing that I should always keep open. And what I found out was I was so focused on heart chakra, root chakra stuff that I'm always consistently doing that I just automatically assume since I'm still a clairaudient that shit's open, right? Right. But actually you can have your clair senses and your third eye open and your crown chakra can be closed off due to the ego, due to the suffering mentality, due to lack mentality. And um your guides aren't there filtering so anything can come in. And that comes in when people are like, oh, you can get possessed by demons by playing with this. And, oh, you don't want to go that way. No, you have to keep your crown chakra open. That is literally your connection with the divine. So I love that she put that in her article because that's super, super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go any further into the, into her article than that just because I thought she... She did really good. She just talks about how she really likes connecting people to their loved ones and really giving them some type of hope about everything. Um, so to give you some hope in your <laughs> in your evolution, um, I love doing tips and tricks on this stuff. Um, Claire senses. I did not cite an article on how to work on your Claire senses, um, just because. Again, I like breadcrumbing and provoking you into your own truth and your own research. So if there was a clear sense that you felt called to go study for yourself, then go study it for yourself. And then if you feel like you want to develop that clear more, go find the article that resonates with you. I didn't want to read the next 30 minutes of how to develop five different clairs because that was just a lot. But what I did want to do is go through the benefits of accessing the Akashic Records really quick. And then um, through my research or our research, I should say, um, the best way to go about actually accessing it. My opinion alone, I think you should have a facilitator access you with anything. Um, Even though it's a frequency, you are opening yourself up to something. So you do need, like, you need your guides there. You need your crown chakra open. The facilitator would be great because they have more knowledge about it. Um, And also, um, like, if I wanted to go and check out, like, Abraham Lincoln's Akashic Records, I'm not going to say, like, that's not a thing. I'm just going to say you'll probably be heavily blocked because the point of, one traveling like that it's still a form to me of astral travel if you're going to go take your consciousness outside of your body to go and connect with another format of the all which would be the akashic records um you really you really need to be safeguarded out there so crown chakra open guides intact facilitator there to help you and make sure that you don't get a little jaded after because you're not going to know what it feels like and you don't really want to read an article they're like oh well when you hear um that's the gateway to the akashic records and if you don't hear um and you don't start vibrating then you know you're not there like that's one person's experience so you always have to make sure you remain open to the experience and release the expectations of how you think it's supposed to feel when you go through this right 
So benefits of the Akashic Records, one of the ones that I found that's super grounded is you just found out you have like some disease, this life-threatening, chronic, whatever. It throws your whole life for a loop. You don't really, you have such a disconnect of understanding of why you would even get this. Um, And it gives you like a higher perspective from all the way back on like what this is actually doing for you. What lesson are you actually getting out of, you know? finding out you had diabetes because you would not give up Starbucks, even though you had so many different, like you didn't get it, but you know what I'm saying? Like you could have went that route. So this is really going to help you with, um, too close to the forest to see the trees type Mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, I think that that's really important because I do believe that yes, the universe is abundant, but everything, no matter good or bad is happening for you, not to you. Right. And when you flip that mentality, and that perception, I think that's really when you can really like kick it into hyperspeed a little bit and get through the BS. So, um, where was I at? Okay. So step one, meditation. They say the stronger you meditate, the better connection you'll get with them. That's great. Two, always make sure you're protected. Three, write like three things down that you want to access that you're working on. It doesn't mean that you're actually going to get gone get shown them because again your guides are your filter so if you're like oh I want to see like in the connection of love you sit down to meditate because you're like is is this right like I have all these red signs I don't know what to do about this and then you're like why do I feel so like why do I want to leave but I'm still stuck with them and every time I leave them I literally come back and I'm like what the fuck am I doing here Mm -hmm. right this is uh, something that happened to me when I was like younger. So perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, I would keep going back to the same person over and over and over. And I wanted to be done with them so bad. And then when I'd be done with them, like literally I would just feel pulled back, which I later found was karmic and trauma bonds. Mm-hmm. Super cute to find that out because then you realize <laughs> the love was never real. Yeah. And then release me. Um, but say you want to go back and you're like, is this is this a past life connection? Is this karma that I'm trying to clear out? And, you know, you have that terminology and believe that terminology. Um, Akashic Records could lead you back to why, like, why did they hurt me like that? And it'll take you back to the life where you hurt them like that and you're righting the wrong. You're learning the lesson from a hands-on perspective because you didn't get it the other way. That's a cool way that Akashic could help you. It also makes me think of like Dolores Cannon's hypnotism, mm-hmm. even though they, they didn't, it's not like Akashic specified, but that's what right. I think when she would like, you would write them down and she would take you back. Like to the past you're, you're going to write 10 questions and you might only get to like four or five, but those four or fives are paragraphs mm-hmm. and they are amazing interdimensional stuff. So, Setting that intention. Yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting. So, again, wrapping up with the Akashic, um, one, I think you should have a guide. Two, I do believe it's a form of astral travel because you are sending your consciousness out somewhere. So make sure you're protected. Do your research before. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to, like, hear about a new concept and be like, okay, I'm going to go access my Akashic records tonight. Like, mm, do your own research, dude. Yeah. See what you actually, yeah. Like, why do you want to go back there? Do you want to go back there egotistically or do you want to go back there evolutionary? Mm -hmm. Because those are two different things. Yeah. And again, my biggest thing after it all is keep your crown chakra open. Because again, that's going to be your biggest connection to the divine. And um, be nice to people. 
that's probably a good one too. Mm-hmm. It costs nothing to be nice. <laughs> you know, one thing when I was learning um, to access the Akashic Records, and I don't remember what book I read, so I apologize for that, so I can't cite it. Um, the one thing that I was taught is to um, envelop myself in the violet flame. So if you haven't read about the violet flame um, in St. Germain, maybe start Kwan Yin there. is there too. Yeah, Kuan Yin. Um, but to uh, put the violet flame around me um, because it's a great protector. So... Maybe mm-hmm. read that book too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, actually, that's really, really good. Cause you're right. And a lot of astral travel stuff I've read too, depending on who you like to protect you. Right. right? Like I, I do that all the time. And I also do the blue flame mm-hmm. and that actually will clear off attachments from you. Mm-hmm. So great advice. Yeah. Great episode. Yeah. Lots of good information. Lots of, uh, I don't know. I just really like talking about this stuff. I think this is the fun stuff that like spiritual smorgasbord is about. There's a lot of heavy stuff and this is kind of the fun stuff, I think, because um, I don't know. I just, I, I like, getting, I love this stuff. I like getting the info out there. Like, yeah, I remember being at the last two jobs, actually three jobs that I had and I would like go hide in the office for a minute and I would pull <laughs> my book out and I would pull whatever article out that I was reading before I came to work. And I was like, how am I just going to build a life where I can research all the things that I run research all the time? I'm mm-hmm. so hungry for all of this knowledge. And I was mm-hmm. never, I was never that student. Yeah. Like seriously, not that student at all. But then yeah. when I realized that I was learning information that did not feed my soul. That you didn't care about. I, I didn't mm-hmm. care about. I was following somebody else's agenda for right. me, whoever mm-hmm. that person was. Right. It was so powerful to put that back in my hands, which I mean, I dropped out of college and just started reading books about world religion. And that's, I think that's where the grounded part of it started for me, where I was like, I'm literally falling asleep in college. I mm-hmm. fell asleep in high school. I fell asleep in middle school. Yeah, I got kicked out of class sometimes. Yeah, I was a little bit rebellious, but it turns out I was bored and I wasn't challenged and Mm -hmm. I wasn't learning the things that I wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. And now I have a massive, beautiful library that's so eclectic. It looks like a kick-ass CD collection from the 90s, (laughs) like a bunch. But um, I'm so excited that we do get to take the time to make these episodes and get all this Mm -hmm. collective information out there. Yeah. The internet's written in ink, so we're not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, now to my favorite part. I get to show you some music. Do-do-do. Woo. Okay, so today. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time. (laughs) Excellent. Um, So today, Vitality Exposed has once again... Concert Photography sponsored this lovely track. Go check her out on Instagram. She's been posting some amazing things. If you want to add her on Facebook, her name is Kelly Catastrophe. She's also a published model and a dear friend of mine. So it just works out. (laughs) Um, But today she has um, sponsored a song by Neovi called Light. I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, I picked it because I pictured myself listening to this episode driving along and i like the way the beat dropped in my car so i really hope you like the beat drop and i hope it doesn't blow your speaker (laughs) (laughs) so we'll see you next time we always appreciate you guys hanging out with us